Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Say go Steelers! Go Steelers! Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of Sports Drink Network. It's July 11th, 2021. This is Tom coming to you from Sawdust Studios in the Washington, D.C. Outpost, and I am happy to report Nick is here with me in the Washington, D.C. Outpost as well. Happy to be here, Dad. Let's do this thing. we got a lot to talk about. Did you see Brady and Rodgers, the big rematch? Rodgers got his revenge. He might have lost the AFC champion, NFC Championship game, but he won a golf game against Tom Brady this past weekend. Is that surprising? What were the odds? I didn't. I, I knew the story. I didn't I, really follow it. I think Brady's 0-2 right now in the match. I actually love that they do this thing. I think this is a great little level of sports entertainment. Last year they did Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods, which seems unfair. Well, I guess he doesn't have a functioning back anymore. But Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods versus Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson. And this year they did... Brady and Mickelson again, who lost last year, so I guess it's like loser stays on, versus Bryson DeChambeau, the weirdo golfer guy who's says he doesn't do steroids, but you know, jury's still out. And long-haired Aaron Rodgers, who was batting away questions left and right about whether he's going to come to training camp or even play for the Packers this year. Clearly, he was enjoying that fact. Gronk was actually ribbing him about it as Gronk joined the broadcast momentarily. All the guys have earpieces. So Brady is talking to Charles Barkley and Rob Gronkowski while he's on the course. Rodgers has an earpiece as well. Gronk started talking crap about Rodgers. Didn't realize Rodgers is on the line. He goes, is Aaron listening to this? So I actually love it. I think it's great entertainment. And if anybody doesn't, I'm like, you're just, you're miserable. It's, it's funny, you know, and they're better at golf than a lot of people. Well, that's what makes me think that they ought to expand this. There are so many other things you can do with these guys. We all know they're super freak athletic beings. Uh, I think I've told you in, in the 70s there was a superstar show. It's kind of like a goofy Olympics with, with NFL players. Just doing crazy yeah. stuff like you see, you know, like throwing the ball along through one of those into those baskets. But they were like the gladiators. I would like to see basketball games, NFC, yeah. AFC, like pick hammer throw. Throw a hammer. Yeah, get the offensive no, I, and defensive. No, that would be amazing. Like a hammer throw would be incredible. I mean, obviously, like basketball horrible. you couldn't do it because the injury risk is way too high. But like a hammer throw, I would love to see the offensive linemen do it. And that's a way that you could actually pub more your players because nobody knows offensive linemen. But you could have these guys doing hammer throws every summer. It would work. Like to me, the NBA contest when they do the three-point, the dunk, not the dunk so much anymore, but like the three-point and the skills contest – 
Those are so much fun. And I think the three point and the skills are better than the dunk because the dunk is subjective. The other two, it's like, you can do the three point contest forever because it's just a guy playing against another guy. That's why I think maybe right now off the top of my head, they have more value to me. But like, I like those contests and it just sucks that Kyrie Irving never does it. It's always some, you know, the last guy on the roster. And same thing with the quarterback challenges. Like, I want to see the Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes long bomb contest. I want to see Tyree kill race every other fast guy in the NFL. And I'm pretty damn sure people would tune in to watch. There was a statistic this week. I can't remember what the viewership was. It was like 6 million or something for game one of the NBA finals compared to 11.3 million for Steelers Ravens on a Wednesday, which is like, of course the NFL, you know, you're going to get a ton of viewers, but it just shows you like, yeah, people will tune in to watch that stuff. I wish they did more of this kind of stuff. And I think with the added bonus of them actually getting to talk during it and, and talk crap. And you can't lie, like, it is amazing with Tom Brady. It's like, man, he just, he flirts that line so well of, like, being relatively down to earth, being able to joke with people and uh, being relatively sane while still having that competitive edge. Like, you definitely got to hand it to him when he's in those things. He's a little cheesy, but it's he's good. I don't want to veer too far off, but who in your mind is the best not crossover athlete, but multi-pro sport athlete without going back to Jim Thorpe. Wait, in history? Well, oh, I don't oh, know. I mean, we only know Raiders so much. guy, the running back. Well, I'm weirdly just blanking on uh, Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. I don't even think it's. I don't even think it's remotely close. Yeah. And I think the next guy legitimately might be Kyler Murray. Like, if we saw him play baseball, I mean, he was he a top. To have, was he number one draft pick in the MLB draft? He was a top ten pick for sure. And you hear all these stories about uh, players getting drafted high. I want to say Elway actually did get drafted pretty high as well. But all the rest of the guys you hear about, they're like the 120th pick. Drafted at like the 100th pick. Kyler Murray was the ninth overall pick in the MLB draft. And by the way, he still hasn't given up on that MLB dream. He like, whenever people ask him, is that dead? He never says it's dead. I don't like that. I think, like, there's never been a truly great player in both. Like, Jackson was a little closer, but the 80s were a different time. You could play drunk and on cocaine in those days. You really can't get away with it as much now. You could play buzzed, sure, but, and not that Bo Jackson was doing that. Lawrence Taylor was, and he was the best player in the league. <laughs> but, uh, but that's serious major talent in both. And how hilarious is it that you have Bo Jackson, the greatest physical specimen we've ever seen, and then the next one, in my opinion, who might be that guy is a tiny little pipsqueak, Kyler Murray, who just has an unreal amount of athletic talent, speed, coordination, arm, and everything like that. Well, the big question that is unanswerable is how many guys could play Major League Baseball or basketball but can't because of the constraints of the sports that they you know won't allow them or the sport or the seasons overlap. I think I think almost none of them could play basketball. I think basketball there is like a height requirement. You need to be tall enough and like nimble. Like the point guards are 6'4. We, if we see a 6'4 receiver, we're like, this guy's a t- He's massive. He's a house. There are 6'4 point guards crossing people up in the NF and the NBA. And I think there's just, I think they would be playing in the NBA. Like you always will pick NBA over NFL because it's, it doesn't destroy your body. Okay, so let's go to Pitt 1970. Sam Clancy. He did play. He was a, he was a great basketball player at Pitt. Uh-huh. Massive. Doesn't look like a basketball player. And it turns out he wasn't. He ended up playing pro football. I think it was for um, Cleveland. Well, there's definitely guys who play, but was he any good in Cleveland? Like, you usually aren't great at both. Yeah. 
because yeah. just because of reps and the way that the sports work now, like Lawrence Taylor, when he played, I mean, he's just an absolute freak of nature. But people didn't like quarterbacks go to camps when they're 11 years old now. You used to not throw in the off seasons like Ben does currently. But now the specialization is way too high. Like people are pulling up from 10 feet after half court and, and draining threes at like a high rate. I don't, it's too hard. You can't get the amount of reps for both sports that you need. But that's why baseball is a little bit easier because I guess the big thing with baseball is like the impossibility of hitting a curveball is what stops so many guys. But like, well, if you can do that, then like, yeah, you just kind of hit it. So there's it. an aspect of the game that nobody actually can do. If you bit, if you're bat 250, you're a great shortstop. That well, I think that uh, it's a weird thing where like there's no other sport where you're like there's this one element like breaking balls. Like you can cru- there's a lot of dudes who can crush fastballs. They can knock them out of the park easily. They can run the bases. They can field. But but hitting those breaking balls is kind of what separates the men from the boys. Whereas football, it's like I just don't have a good rip move. Like no, it's a combination of of your whole game generally. Whereas baseball. It's kind of, a lot of the time, it's just this one singular aspect. But yeah, the Brady, the, the, the Brady versus Rogers thing was pretty dope. Did you see, we were talking about this earlier today. I know I showed it to Pat, her cousin. But um, Rogers threw the ball about 400 yards. My shoulder hurt watching it. And it looked easy. And it looked easy. I guess he's at elevation. So, it's, so uh, I think Barstool tagged it. By our calculations, Aaron Rodgers threw this ball 110 yards in the air. And I'm laughing. And then I watched the video. I'm like, is that like 90 yards? Like, that's really far. And Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys where, like, you can't tell on TV. You can't really appreciate how far and how high some of these guys throw. And ask anybody about Aaron Rodgers' first Big Hail Mary against the Lions a number of years back where he just chucked this moon ball up to the top of the dome in Detroit. The way that people talk about that throw is like, we'd never seen anything like it. This thing almost touched the damn roof. It was so high. And you just can't get that kind of scale. And it's the same thing with throwing. That's why I like, I'd love to get every Steelers fan on the field with Mason and Ben and Haskins and then it's clear as day who has the better arm. Like, oh my gosh, that thing's fast. You can literally hear the ball spin on these really fast throws. But it is difficult to tell that when you're far away on on TV. But that's awesome to see that the Steelers' future quarterback um, is throwing the ball 110 yards. By the way, that's the, I'm just trying to stay on that train. Like, we were on that last year, I think, the Aaron Rodgers thing, just looking at the timetable. Well, Ben's going to be up. Rodgers is going to be out because they drafted Love, which we said right after they drafted Love. And here we are. He might not even play for them this year. And then the Steelers are absolutely stacked and in the Super Bowl window when Ben's gone potentially next year and Rodgers is available. Stacked. You have amazing receivers. You have an amazing running back. You have actually you might have some tight ends to work with. All-star, first-team all-pros all over your defense. And you just draft a lineman or a corner in the first or second round next year. And like, oh, your line might be good again. So like, it really is. And they have the money because Ben will be gone. You know, they have more salary cap, salary caps going up. It is the perfect space. It makes so much sense for Aaron Rodgers to go there, except for the one thing that it's Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I think he as a West Coast guy wants to go more West Coast. Like he's talked about the Raiders and the Broncos. And the Broncos are comparable talent-wise to the Steelers, but... Would, I don't know. If that were me, like 
I think the Steelers are clearly better. Do you want to go play and have fun on the West Coast, or are you going to try and do what Brady and Manning did? And like, no, I'm going to go get Super Bowls at the end. You should go to Pittsburgh. It's not that crazy. Look, it looks more and more like your prediction is going to come true, especially since one NFL analyst has predicted that Ben won't even finish this season. But first, let's hear from our sponsor. Spotify Green Room. Listen, guys. There's a live, audio-only sports talk platform out there that's free to download and easy to use. On this platform, you can talk to fans. You can talk to the athletes themselves and even insiders like Mike Tannenbaum. Really would just love to hear his opinion about sports. You can talk to them in real time, man. And this place is Spotify Green Room, new app that's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Cut out the rest of the noise. Cut the crap. Get to the sports talk. Download the Spotify Greenroom app for free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. So the breaking story is that Mike Tenenbaum has predicted that Ben won't make it past, he'll be benched by game seven. Now, Mm. Mike Tenenbaum's a quote-unquote NFL analyst for ESPN. Right. He did a uh, talking big head. I mean, he does fill the screen, doesn't he? Yeah, drinks so, too much, clearly. Tenenbaum has a long history with uh, in football. Losing? Uh, well, he was a GM for the... He was with the Jets forever. His, uh, But once he became GM in 2006, he was there from 2006 to 2012, the Jets enjoyed a 57-55 and 55 record. After that, two years of wow, hiatus... That's, just, that's, that's real standard of winning right there, right? <laughs> What is that, 50.3%? All right, continue, please. So what uh, Tenenbaum said was, statistics don't paint the picture, which we agree with. You know, there are nuances. Right. You know, mm-hmm. high, high yardage doesn't mean a whole lot. Yeah. Neither does the shortest throw, you know, the shortest throw, average throw in the NFL mean anything. It doesn't mean he stinks. Right. Um, but what Tenenbaum said was, you don't pay a guy for what he did in the past, you pay for what he's worth today, which is impossible. Yeah, he's unless, making sixteen million, right? Right. So that's literally what we're what we're paying for. Unless they do with one of the things I argued is you pay them for production today, but nobody wants, including yeah, the players, yeah, wants yeah. to roll the dice. So yeah, guys are getting paid for what they did before. Look how many years prolific players play on their rookie contract for a pittance compared yeah. to what they should be being paid relative to other quarterbacks. But anyway, I digress. He said that Ben Roethlisberger, he, he said the same message last year. I did a little poking around. Same thing last year. He said Ben Roethlisberger is possibly not as skilled as Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield. Oh, that's 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 a hard one. Skilled. Yeah, that's not true. Well, how comparing them today? There's just a young guy. They're just two young guys. But when you're talking about skill, you're talking about pocket movement. Okay, of course, both of those guys better, particularly Joe Burrow, because they're younger. But when Ben was, yeah. Like, possibly not as skilled. That's a weird way to phrase it. His movement skill was better than both of those guys when he was younger. Uh, his arm is much better than both of theirs. Pro- his arm is still better than both of those guys. Baker Mayfield has a good one, but Baker has to get his whole body into it to throw it. As we know with Ben, arm is still there. The legs are the problem. But, like, are you implying that the 24-year-olds are in better physical condition? Yeah, of course. So maybe I'm just getting annoyed at the phrasing, but... Of course not. Like we know Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson are barely not even entering the prime of their careers and they're 
20 years younger than Ben Roethlisberger? Of course, they're more skilled. But that doesn't matter. The other quarter, it's a full team game, you know? And at the same time, none of them have remotely even scratched the surface of Ben's accomplishments of throwing the ball downfield. And none of them have even proven that they can do that on a consistent basis. Even Baker, even um, Joe Burrow said that's what they're working on. They need to throw deep more. They, he needs to uncork it, learn how to throw it faster. He's never going to be able to throw it as fast as Ben throws it today just because you can't work up that kind of talent. So it's a weird way to phrase an obvious thing like, yeah, the three Heisman winning quarterbacks from the past five years who are 20 years younger than the – like, yeah, we know. they're Of course, they're in a better physical condition than him right now. But – Let's look at what he said. I want to look at two things. I want to look at what he said about Ben getting benched by Game 7. And I want to look at the validity of what a guy like that is saying. Because we talk about this all the time, Dad. The weakest excuse um, for people trash-talking an analyst is saying they were a bad player. Can you even name a single competent coach who was a good player? No. The, the, the Being a good player doesn't equate to being a good coach. Actually, in my opinion, and I think I think it's fact by now because we have 50 years of like coaches and none of them, almost none of them are good players. I think it's harder to be a coach if you are a good player because so much of it comes naturally to you. Like if you're Antonio Brown and you're trying to coach or you're Ben Roethlisberger, you tell your quarterback, like, just, you know, throw the ball harder. I can't. And, you know, your exhibit A and B is Carnell Lake and Joey, um, Porter. Joey Porter. The guys that Heinz are- Ward. Read Chuck Knoll's biography. Look at um, Belichick's biography. I mean, those guys, they start at the lowest rung of the ladder, and they learn every molecule of football, spend all their time looking at tape. There's too much that goes into being a good coach for them to have the time to do that. If you Mm -hmm. emerge as – I mean, Carnell had a respectable career for the Steelers. He was amazing. Yeah, he was a great cornerback. But all the time – sorry, safety. But all that time, you know – was time lost learning all the other positions and how they fit together. Or just you don't you don't have to learn like Dan Orlovsky as an NFL analyst had to learn so much more about the game because it didn't he couldn't just physically overwhelm people like a Ben Roethlisberger. Like Ben doesn't have to learn as much. Even like a Tom Brady who we know is a, a massive student of the game, he's a freak. Like how could he how could he ever be okay with a quarterback like a quarterback could never meet his standards like well you have to do this you have to retain this you have to like I can't I physically I'm not you Tom Brady so there's part your mind is on a totally different wavelength when you're these great players and you're not totally thinking about the nitty-gritty I'm not saying that none of them have technique or anything like that but things come naturally to them that you can't teach whereas Orlovsky has to figure out every piece of mechanic you know to stick around for what he had like a 12-year NFL career based on that kind of stuff. So let's get it back to Mike Tannenbaum. You don't need to be a good player to be a good coach. But when you're a GM, I think we can still hold that against you as an analyst. Because your job as when you're a GM is to analyze players and put them together. Your job as an analyst is to analyze players. It's the same job, except for you don't have to worry about a pu- making a puzzle piece fit with salary cap. But I do think it's fair to say, Tannenbaum, you ran half of the AFC East into the ground. You, nobody will hire you. You're not senile. You're of working age. He's around Colbert's age. You suck. But 
So I think it is fair to question a guy's, um, you know, credibility because we saw you doing that job before, whether as it's an Orlovsky or somebody like that who, uh, you know, he had to learn the ins and outs of the position and he's able to explain himself and prove himself with film study and very specific um, examples on video like Orlovsky, Chris Sims, they show their work, whether as... Tannenbaum conflicts himself. Oh, he's just going to say every year that Ben's going to fall apart halfway through the year. And then when Ben finally does, oh, I was right. No, you weren't right. You've been saying this every year, right? So that I do think we can question Tannenbaum's credibility. But I also wonder if he's just juicing up a take that isn't horribly off. Because my prediction for Ben this year has been like, we've kind of seen this. We saw it with Ben and we saw it with Drew Brees for the last few years. And we saw it with Peyton Manning to a much worse extent right before they won their Super Bowl. A lot of times with these old quarterbacks, they're good for the first half of the season, but their body just can't make it through the whole season, and then they really decline. Like, all of the Steelers were awful last year in the second half. There's not a single player we can name. Like, T.J. Watt, I don't think he's had a tackle in a playoff game in his career. I mean, Cam Hayward, too. They were awful. So it's not just Ben, but Ben played the worst football we've ever seen him play. Now, Dan Orlovsky mentioned... Ryan Tannenbaum. It's not Ben's talent. Watch the Colts game. Like he's mentioning specific games, which proves to people like us and people listening to this podcast, Orlovsky watches. He's studying. Tannenbaum, there's 32 teams. He can get up there and just fire his mouth off. ESPN gets the, the clicks and we're good. But his overall point about Ben not being able to make it through the season, I mean, it's, it's probably accurate. Is he going to get benched? No. He would have to be so unbelievably bad to get benched. But I don't think he's completely off base with saying, like, it could be a rough second half of the year for Ben just because of his age and what we saw last year. There'd be more credibility if this wasn't a drumbeat from him. That seems yes. to be out, as you said, I'll just keep saying it until it's true. And, yeah, I mean, this is sort of like saying it's going to rain next week. Yeah. You know, and you're, what kind of trouble are you going to get in? The trajectory for Ben isn't positive. We're optimistic but not positive that he's going to transcend last year right. for an entire season. I agree. The benching is the thing that it was the clickbait. And if yeah. you look at his Twitter, he's getting all kind of attention. And, yeah. and not, a, no, not a few number of people who agree with him. He is, well, because people hate Ben. Like yeah. I told you, I mean, we know that this isn't like, I'm sure a lot of fan bases say this. Nobody can, cl- Ben Roethlisberger is hated. He has a rape case. He's never forgiven. Kobe Bryant has one and he's a national hero. Like people pick and, and, and I, and, you know, I think, I don't want to get into the details of that. I'm not I'm not going to get on some you know social commentary here. I'm just saying those things are directly related, right? With Roethlisberger and some of these other people and just Ben has never been liked by the media or by fans and he's just a guy that people love to hate a little bit. And um so yeah, he will get the feedback that he wants cuz if you make fun of Ben, look at any tweet about Ben from a national outlet. I don't do it anymore because you know what's going to happen. All the comments are going to be the same thing. Everyone, just spam. It's like a bunch of robots. So you know if you do that, you are going to get the clicks. That's why uh, Dejan, ah, man, I can't say his last name. The guy from DK Sports. Dakota Chedichick. Damn it. You have to be from Pittsburgh. Sorry, Dejan. Yeah, 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 we do. I'm I'm a total dumb-dumb with that. But that's why he said last week, like, he wasn't trying to do clickbait with that article or two weeks ago about... um, Kevin Dotson, he would if he wanted to do clickbait, he'd talk about Ben Roethlisberger 
because it's guaranteed to get the click. So I agree with you. I think the clickbait part was the benching where you take a, a take that is actually fair. Now, I agree with you. It's a drum beat. Oh, whoa, brilliant. You called it the 38-year-old who's had 46 injuries and doesn't work out, is not going to play till he's 50. Amazing take. But, uh, yeah, the benching part is to get the clicks. And I understand because he's a very unsuccessful man by, in terms of doing a job well. He's rich. He clearly has buddies in the NFL. I mean, that is a thing. Like, it is wild that John Lynch got a GM job never being in a front office ever. Like, you're a safety who hit people with the crown of your helmet, and now you're a GM. Thank God you're with Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan was on a podcast this week and talked about why he liked him and hired him for the job. Never at any point did he mention player evaluation. He mentioned that he's a, he was a great player, that he's a great guy who wants to help Kyle, and he's good in meetings and, and shaking hands with people when Kyle isn't. We have people for that. Never did he say, and he's got a great eye for talent. Like the, the front office game is a, if you know people, you can get in there thing. So Mike Tannenbaum, utter failure as a professional, but now he's shining. People are hate watching him. So it's, uh, you know, going well for him. I could see why he would get addicted to that. But I loved how Dan Orlovsky came out in defense of Ben. Not saying that Ben's going to win MVP. Not saying that Ben's going to be better than Baker or Burrow or Lamar. Three stud young quarterbacks. But... You don't, you don't need to be. Tom Brady, everybody, it's unbelievable to me. The QB lists that have come out after, because Sims releases his, and then everyone freaks out and releases theirs. So many people putting Brady at two and three. It is like, you're talking about the guy who was a nice complimentary piece to an amazing defense in a run game. Like, that's what the Super Bowl was. I'm not taking anything from Brady. 42-year-old Brady is not 36-year-old Brady. The guy threw three picks in the second half of the NFC Championship game, and then his defense doesn't let them even get a first down on any of those possessions, and then his defense shuts down one of the five greatest offenses in the history of the NFL, and they run the ball down their throats, and Brady's now the second best quarterback. Like, what the hell is this? No, he was not. He was more around like that 10 kind of range. He can't be a one-man team, even like a Kyler Murray or Josh Allen or any of those superstar young guys like we mentioned. Yeah, Burrow and Baker and Lamar, the 25-year-olds and the 30-year-olds, those are the best guys. Brady offers a lot with his leadership is freaking unbelievable. Uh, you can't say his precision. He, he skies the ball over people's heads all the time and throws it directly to the other team. Just like what's happening with Ben, but they are good enough at the game and smart enough and can still push the ball downfield and make enough big plays so that the rest of your team can get you to a damn Super Bowl. So I think that if Ben can maintain his health, you we just saw it happen with Tom Brady. We saw it happen with a legitimately bad Peyton Manning a few years ago. So whatever you want to say about Ben, he's not going to get the MVP. That doesn't mean they couldn't win a Super Bowl, even though we know with the offensive line and everything, that's that'd be tough. Speaking of clickbait, just a small mention of uh, Devin Bush. He, he <laughs> self-proclaimed that he was limited to two tweets a day. He has clearly violated that in so many ways. And he said that he went over a limit and was the boys, quote-unquote, sent me a fine. Now, I can't find anything about imposition of any constraints on him by the NFL or the Steelers. But it, you do get the feeling somebody, somebody besides Zach Banner is telling him to cool his jets. It's weird. It's like he just discovered Twitter 
It's like when you see an uncle or like a mom who discovered Facebook a few years ago and then just start posting rants and political stuff. Like they get addicted to it, like a drug, like a candy. He's tweeting all day, every day, non sequiturs about like 22-year-old wisdom. You told me about this last week and I didn't bother to read everything it did. Well, this morning it's I did weird. and non sequitur is perfect. Everything from Bitcoin to mm -hmm. calling out people. Um, I'm going into my workout. Just... There's no stream. It's a stream of consciousness, actually. It is. Yeah. I paid for this girl's nails, and now she's with another guy. My feelings are hurt. Can you? I got to get into Bitcoin. Is that what he was saying? He did say that. that it's hard to things. interpret his... his, his uh, yeah. I'm sorry. His, <laughs> you may not be as familiar with the vernacular. I'm not clear, on, Twitter. I'm not clear <laughs> on what he's saying. That's okay. You shouldn't be. That'd be unbecoming of you as an adult <laughs> man with a job and a life. You know, and a wife, dog, children, or adults. What is, so I originally bought into your point about we want a meathead back there at linebacker, but it just feels like, maybe it's sort of harmless in a way. You, if you read these things, he's not drilling in on somebody. He's not A-B defending his, his you know, history. You know? It, it's just like all over the map. And the, I, But what's going to, will he start focusing once we get into training camp? Which, by the way, we're two weeks away from. Can you believe that? No, I can't believe that. It's amazing. This, this offseason felt like it went faster it did. than some of the other offseasons, weirdly enough. We had things to talk about. Sometimes it feels no, like... we you, always have things to talk about. It's just depressing with AB. Right, right, right. <laughs> walking there. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was joking. I'm just trying to make a good show and, and calm myself down with, you want the psychopath back there. I am alarmed by the tweets. You know why? Because of AB. We have seen crazy Steeler guys kind of go off the map. Martavis Bryant just got suspended again in a junior football league because he didn't show up to a training camp or something like why that. Why should he have to show up to training camp? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> just throw him <laughs> touchdowns. Like, come on, come on what the hell? But uh, no, I, I, I think that this happens with young famous people. He hasn't done anything crazy yet, but there is something a little bit weird, and even his teammates see it because they joke around with him and they're playing it off, but they're commenting on his stuff too, like, what is going on here? Um, so I don't think that it's nothing. I think that it's something to keep a little bit of an eye on. Um, I am semi-serious about you want the renegade psycho back there. I mean, just like, like it or not, Vontae's perfect was amazing. I mean, you just couldn't get five yards past the line of scrimmage without that guy taking you down. Don't want him on my team. But uh, I, I do think it's something to keep an eye on because sometimes these young, famous, rich dudes, he's a top 10 pick, he's got some money, and he just maybe just discovered Twitter. Like, I don't, I don't know, it's a little dangerous. And then they get this mentality of everyone's against me kind of thing and haters, they get justified and their circle around them justifies something. You double down, triple down, and you get weirder. I don't know. When has anybody ever seen somebody become more popular right, in a positive way? Maybe, I mean, even Juju gets hate, right? Although I think Juju's ingratiating. I think yeah. Najee Harris is not ticking people off i think he's ingratiating why is not yet what is what is Devin? not yet i mean he he feels like he you know yeah. they'll he turn on, they'll turn on him yeah it's, well he hasn't gained a yard in the nfl yet and right. that actually is a fear of mine that we are we are crowning him rookie of the year many play, people are putting him and it, it's yeah. sort of natural right he's going to actually play sure. so yeah he has better chance well, we'll go and put a bookmark in that we'll talk about it. but well, you, you were saying nobody's ever ingratiated themselves yeah so what has social media what something? has devin bush seen that said no oh, i'll pump this out and people will love me build my brand i want juju to put his arm around his neck and <laughs> yeah. say come here come here 
I'm gonna show you how it works. Yeah. This stuff is not helping you. You need a you need a you friend need an of yours intern who has and a videographer. Devin, yeah. <laughs> Devin's you bike. You Devin's need to have a bike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it is a little weird. Devin Watch continues right now, but he is lucky that the Steelers once again have great leadership. It really is amazing. And say what you want about Banner. I am nervous about him as a tackle. I get nervous with big blobs like that. You watch his game against the Giants last year. It's terrifying. I mean, he was bad. Like, he can, he was not balancing the the edge rushers. Who, who even... Who the hell are the edge rushers for the Giants? He wasn't even playing anybody. And they take two steps upfield, cut inside, and he is getting juked out of his shoe. So I am nervous about Banner. I also have high hopes for him, too. I don't... Th- like, the Steelers love him. Now, Tomlin also loves Benny Snell. And you know how I feel about that. So that's not a guarantee. But it does say something. We obviously know his personality. We obviously know he could be even better in a run-heavy scheme, Banner. I guess I'm just setting all this up to say, despite him being a complete and utter question mark as a player, he's a good leader. He stepped in there and commented on a couple of them. You always can use that guy who can step in there and fight if he needs to, but the guy who can jokingly directly address something weird that a teammate's doing... Like, I have a friend who's really good at that. Jacob, like, one of the guys in the band is really good at, like, if there's actually a serious issue that needs to be, top, uh, like, discussed, he can talk directly to somebody about it and do it in a joking way. So it's not passive-aggressive. He's not beating around the bush, but he's softening the blow in kind of, like, a fun way of, like, hey, you shouldn't be doing this, but, like, I'm still your buddy. Like, we're, it's okay. And I think they got guys like Banner. Looks like Wormley is kind of one of those guys. Let's move from... Children at play <laughs> to the Steeler of the 70 when none of that exists. So talking about leadership. Jack leadership. Lambert just turned 69. That's freaking me out. You know, the guy's yeah. 69. My gosh. I still wouldn't fight him. No. He, but he is. He's just a guy who's gone incognito. What's the word I want? Disappeared. Never. Yeah, of course. He, there was a, a mention in... Wikipedia that he was a analyst for a while. I've never heard a man That's of Westwood one. Yeah. No, but look at his. Uh, so he came out of my not my alma mater. I went to Kent State for a year, but he came out of Kent State round second round. That was the so yeah, that was wow. nineteen seventy four. That was the that was the pick of the litter uh, draft for the Steelers. We have four Hall of Famers plus one, hopefully on the way. Well, Jack Lambert. Absolutely unfriggin' believable. Another one of those iconic Steelers who's always gonna be in a highlight video of the NFL for all time just because how iconic he was in that steel curtain defense and then the toothless thing and how mean he was and the neck roll. He's just a perfect picture of a football player from the 70s. But we wanted to talk about him a little bit. First off, because you want to just keep talking about the 70s guys. Like, you should keep the stories going. Like, that's really cool. That's what society should do. I think it's great to continually celebrate these guys. But we watched his highlights and we watched Mean Joe's highlights. They're hilarious. It's legitimately funny. It's hard not to laugh. They, there were no rules. There's no late hits. They grab the guys by the face mask and throw them down on the ground. They punch them in the gut. There's the famous play when Roy Drella missed the field goal or whatever it is. And I think it was a cowboy was taunting him. And he just walked right up to him, threw him on the ground. No flag. Like, we're all good. What a guy. And But we like to use the, the 70s Steelers and the example of, you know, like Lawrence Taylor and the Giants of like, these people were real psychos back in the day. And you think Juju is distracted? 
Like, what are we doing here? These guys were shotgunning beers at halftime. Oh, they're so focused. Terry Bradshaw made a country Christmas album while he was playing. What a hard working Louisiana guy. Like, are you kidding me? How could you guys have such a double standard? And it's a little tongue in cheek because I clearly know the reason why people don't love Juju and Claypool is because it's not manly. The distractions they have. <laughs> like I said last week, it'd be better if they're funny. Pat McAfee, even Gronk, he's not funny, but he's so dumb he's funny. Like, and Blake Griffin is like the one athlete in a hundred years. Like, oh my god, this guy's like stand-up comedian funny. At, if they had distractions, at least you'd watch the stuff and be like, this is pretty good. With Juju, it's like, what are you doing? They're trying too hard. It's try hard. Exactly. So I understand how that's not endearing to you. But the stomp on the logo thing, that's a Jack, that's like a Jack Lambert special. So pick and choose. Let's not just say that they're distracted from football. I'm pretty sure Mean Joe was chugging Cokes and throwing the bottles at kids' heads after games. And back it's the rivers. it's the kind of activities they're they're choosing to engage in. Like <laughs> Jack Lambert didn't talk then, and he still doesn't talk. <laughs> and all these modern day players can do is spew. Devin Bush puts out every thought that comes between that, oh, that knucklehead of his into Twitter, and let's need to let everybody know what they're thinking. There's a great yeah. line one of my math teachers told me. I'm sure it's famous, and everybody else heard of it. But better to let better to be silent and let everybody think you're an idiot. And open your mouth and prove them right. <laughs> then open your mouth and remove any shred of doubt. Thank you. I would say. Thank you. You're right. And by the way, like, I love Devin Bush. Just because we're talking about these guys, like, I love all the Steelers. It's so rare that you get a Vontae's perfect in the league. It's legitimately just like, okay, that guy clearly has mental problems. I hope Vontae's perfect goes to a lot of therapy and gets better. But, like, he's a bad dude. He tried to injure many players, <clears throat> not just Steelers. The Cam Newton thing, you know, all, all kinds of other guys. But in general, it's like, these are kids. You really do. If you can't have uh, sympathy about, for that, or excuse me, empathy for that, I would love to to find security cameras from everybody's twenties when they were out at bars, and you can see some of the behavior. Like think think that you're high and mighty above these guys. Like they are doing their best. Most of the guys are good dudes, and they're just so in the spotlight. Thank God. I didn't have a Twitter when I was a 20-year-old. Like, what a nightmare that would be, you know? So I, I root for these guys. I give them passes when they make mistakes like this, and you hope that they learn from them, but we can still call the mistakes out for what they are, you know? But I am always rooting for these guys. I've never had a Steeler I didn't like, you know? Because yeah. you learn a lot about them. I... You know, would like you know, it would be easy to say that they were tougher in the seventies. I don't know. Jack Lambert was six four two twenty. So <laughs> they were they were. I wonder if they have a different kind of personal the guys in the Definitely. Because remember the the trial against uh, Chuck Knoll for calling George Atkinson to the Raiders the criminal element. And the Raiders were come back were able to come back and point to just as many Steelers who got into trouble, you know, or sure. were doing of the course. same kind of thing on the field. As uh, Noel was accusing Oakland, of course we did hate it, Oakland, and they were the criminal element, bad people all around. But there, were, I don't know if they bothered to screen guys because they didn't really need to worry about stuff. You know, go do what you want off season. It'll never reach the media. There was no media yeah. spotlight on guys and what they did outside of the season that I remember. Any big stories, no. nor on the field. It's now, ten TV channels. Now you basically need Boy Scouts. 
You yeah. can't get in, you know, some guys get away with some things and there's some, the NFL has a lot of hypocrisy we know with, with like a Ray Rice story. We can point to any number of those. Right. But generally, the worst thing these guys do is stupid tweets. Yeah, for sure. Because they've had to to get through. I mean, first of all, they've got to work 12 months a year. They don't have a lot of free time like back in the day. Like you were right. saying, these guys would show up in training camp, start training. Yeah. One quick story on the Raiders' criminal element. And then I want to get back to players being tougher before because they were. We're not saying they're better or not, but that's the way the game was arranged. Even Pat McAfee was talking to one of my absolute favorite Steelers of all time, Ike Taylor. Everybody should go listen to that podcast from this week. Pat McAfee and Ike have such a great chemistry. And, you know, Pat gets Ike and uh, props him up. And, And Ike, he has fun analysis, man. And it might just be that voice. Like, he's just got the coolest speaking voice that Louisiana draw ever. But love Ike Taylor. And they were talking about how legitimately in Ike's era, which is very recent, all they wanted to do is fight. He said, all we wanted to do was fight. We didn't like the players on the other team. Now everybody likes the players on the other team. And I think it's cool. Like, it's great. I actually like it. Another great thing about Ike. He's so open-minded. But he says, but back when we were playing... They had to bring us other teams in to play us because otherwise we would just fight each other in the locker room. We'd make a circle in the locker room. We'd fight. And then we'd shake hands after. And i just thinking, I love the Steelers. That's no no wonder they beat the living hell out of everybody they played. Even the quarterback is out there barroom brawls. They were awesome, Ben. You know, but uh, actually I don't like Ben and bars at that time. I, I hate referencing that. I don't want to make I don't want to make it sound like I'm forgiving any bad behavior or anything like that. But let's get back to the point. Okay. So, yeah, Ike did admit, like, they literally don't like each other in those eras. They respected, but they wanted to fight. Now, they don't. I, I do know that people, uh, you know, there's a, it's not that it's all roses in the NFL, but it's more than it used to be. We're like, they weren't going to shake hands after the game back in the day as much, you know. But shake hands, they're almost having sex on the field after each game. <laughs> Take off my shirt, dude. Oh, my dude. gosh. <laughs> I'm going to give you my shirt. <laughs> little keepsake. <laughs> hey, if I played against Aaron Donald, I'd be like, yeah, can I can you use that? I'd love to have this in my house. <laughs> um, Larry Fitzgerald. It's my little brother. Ben. Deontay Johnson, even. I'm calling it. You're going to be a star. Um, but back to the Raiders. And Anthony Kiedis's biography. Anthony Kiedis, lead singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, famously crazy upbringing in Los Angeles because his dad, Blackie Dammit, was a famous drug dealer in Los Angeles. And Anthony talked about when he was like 11 years old or something like that. Night before the Super Bowl, Raiders were in the Super Bowl. Two prominent Raiders were over at the house blowing down. Really? <laughs> yes. They were good. Those things are true. The Lawrence Taylor thing, like I'm not joking. Like Those are true well-vetted stories. There's a club behind the giant stadium that he just lived at. They were crazy back in the day. And it really was. Think about society. You know, it's like man's man. That was the way it was. And I, I, uh, I think that the NFL and the NBA have done a great job of modernizing. I think people whine about the three-pointers and the passing yards, but uh, the games are more fun. Yes, both sports have gone too far in removing toughness. Like, I think that needs to get adjusted a little bit with some of the crazy, stupid penalties for touching a quarterback's ankle and the, the flopping in the NBA. It would be nice if they could dial that back a little bit. But overall, like, no, it's not fun to watch a 9-6 to six defensive struggle. Almost never. Every once in a while, you can get a great Steelers-Ravens one. But I'm talking every once in a while. And a lot of the intrigue of those were 
It's not really the game's fun. There's just a lot on the line. Go watch soccer if you want to do that, right? You won't do it. You won't. So don't tell me that you like defensive struggles unless you want to go watch soccer. Then you watch a, a game of things that almost happen. I love the highlights in that. Look at him almost score this goal after this beautiful juke. Hey, look at them almost throw this touchdown. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, Raiders are crazy. I, uh, that doesn't mean that was better. It's just awesome that we have that as a part of history. We look at the ancient Egyptians. That's dope. What great strides they made in society. They built pyramids. Don't need to live like that now, but I like that we had it back in the day, just like we had crazy Steelers smoking cigarettes and burning them out on the Raiders' eyelids in the 70s. There are two words outside of crazy lifestyle that describe why players back then were tougher, especially in the 70s, than they are today. Hmm. AstroTurf. <laughs> did you ever play on it? Yes, I, I did, actually. It. It's basically inhumane. asphalt. It's inhumane. Paint, painted green. Unbelievable. And you couldn't tell by Three the rivers. way they were playing. Yeah, you couldn't tell by the way they were playing that they were playing on a parking lot. It's really, really, really bad. And it, it's so many career-ending injuries. It's like a 30% uptick in injuries. And then when you act, you have to step on it to realize, like what you're just saying. And it's all it's concrete with a rug on it, Dad. So you get rug burn every time. Well, it's three quarters of an inch. We got three quarters of We're an inch right. on top of that. And the only reason why they do it is the same reason why they have field turf now, which they should not freaking have, is because it's just money. They want to have concerts. And it's easier to roll in concerts and big events to your stadium if you have not real grass. So it's pretty messed up that they ever let people play on that. There's only one reason. There's no, there's nothing else. Yeah, better to play on bare dirt like they used to after you know halfway through a season in the NFL until somebody Maybe came what? up with that great idea. How did they ever sell that idea? No, this is great. You'll save tons of money. You'll lose most of your players, but they don't cost that much now. It's weird. Yeah, they do that. That's got to stop, man. No more field turf. Well, I'm sure they went back into the locker room and licked their wounds. Well... Sometimes you got to go to the locker room to regroup. Sometimes you got to go to the green room to make it better. Spotify, green rooms, live, audio only, sports talk platform that's free to download and it's easy to use. You can talk to fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. You guys can have watch parties. You can, you know, theoretically choke slam each other over your own takes. Ben Roethlisberger is going to be he's going to be benched by the seventh game and I drafted Mark Sanchez in the first round and you can react to breaking news. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app for free in the iOS or Android app store, create a profile, link your Twitter and join the group. We just got notified that uh, training camp will be open to fans. Unfortunately, we talked about this last week or two weeks ago. It's not going to be in Latrobe, but it will be at Heinz Field. There are opportunities starting Wednesday, July 28th at 1.30. Uh, you can go for free, but you do need a ticket to get in. So I think they, they were also, don't they sort of split training camp between? Yeah, the, the practice facilities, I believe, and Heinz. Yeah. Yeah, so disappointing. But honestly, I thought about what we were talking about last week, and I might double down. The only time they haven't had training camp in Latrobe, they went 11-0 to start the season and had their best season ever. And honestly, I do think... I'm, I don't know how to describe this, but like, I think it's pretty hard to argue the Steelers' season got sunk because of those three games in 12 days thing. 
And, and you know what? If you're an amazing team, you you can overcome that. I'm not saying they got like cheated out of a Super Bowl or anything, but they did get screwed pretty hard. This is what we talk about, how luck is such a large component about Super Bowls. Um, it doesn't make a bad team into a good team, but you have maybe five to ten teams, depending on the year, who are even eligible for the Super Bowl based on their rosters and their coaching, right? And then within that, it filters down to, well, who has even better rosters and then who has the injury and the schedule luck. So... Uh, this was bad luck for the Steelers this year. And that run, I think, is what sunk the team. And I'd be really curious to see what happened if they if they didn't have that run. Um, don't think they would have gone to the Super Bowl. There are just too many theoretical issues, philosophical issues with the team. But you never know. And uh, we're not getting Latrobe, but maybe another 11 or no start. I don't know. Let's keep the tradition going. That's a new tradition. Pushes into the playoffs at a minimum. There you go. Before we get out of here, I just want to get your thoughts on the probability that Zach Banner catches a touchdown pass this season. Zero. He's a starting tackle. He's not going to get that. Uh, you, you have to be the backup tackle, the swing tackle, so you can even be eligible. So you won't be able to get that. Joe Haig, though, that would be the guy. Zero as well. He literally dropped the touchdown in the Super Bowl for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so he's never getting another chance again. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go Steelers. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. 
NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in. And you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.